Down by the river, down by the river, we took a little walk. We took a little walk. I'm gonna tell you a story. Dirty Water Sports presents the Down by the River podcast with your hosts Tim Delacio and Paul Testa. Welcome to episode number two of season number two of Down by the River, a soon-to-be weekly podcast covering the Boston <laughs> Red Sox, the 2017 Boston Red Sox, from your friends at Dirty Water Sports. I'm Tim Delacio. He's Paul Testa. And Paul, it may be snowing today in Massachusetts. And Fenway Not Park. Yeah, Fenway Park may be uh, a bit un- unhospitable at the moment, but there's going to be baseball played there in two days. Crazy. It really Bigger is. dugouts, I hear. Bigger dugouts. Bigger dugouts. A new pesky pole that Marty Walsh has already defaced. Yes. <laughs> he signed it. Yeah, it was, it, he was the first. So the first everyone that signed – like, I, I, I didn't catch catch it. I mean, I, I I saw the headline, but I didn't catch – they they literally – all that work that's on that – that's gone. It's a yeah, whole they, new they, pesky they pole. They cut the pole. They, they took the pole away. I don't know what they did with that pole. I would assume that it's in a mu- – you know, some Red Sox museum somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not sure why they had to replace it, but supposedly it was structural or, you know, like, I don't know if structural is the right word, but it was not just an aesthetic thing. It was like, they actually had to replace it for some reason. We were there when Bellhorn ripped the ball off that pole. Yeah. We were almost right under the pole pole. Well, yeah, pretty close. Pretty close. Um, Paul, last we talked was the beginning of spring training. Right, we were pretty bullish on the possibility of where this team could go. Um, now that we are leaving spring training, do you feel the same, worse, or better about this team's prospects this year? Oh, I think you got to feel worse, right? I mean, we have some pitching woes, without a doubt. Uh, so, you know, David Price. Well, yeah, we can talk about. I mean, we're going to spend quite a bit of time, I think, <laughs> dissecting the, the David Price situation. The, the curse of, of of the bullpen lives on in yep. in, in all its glory. Uh, we just we just can't get we again. Like I don't think these are bad moves that we're getting with the bullpen. It's just like we are snake bitten with this bullpen. Like we get these power. You know, we're trying to transform into this power thing, and their arms fall off. Like, uh, is is that maybe part and partial to having people that throw really hard? <laughs> like, is I mean, I, are they just more risky, pros, you, know, uh, you know, assets because they're just putting their the, more tax on their arms every yeah. time they throw? Um, I don't know. The, the, yeah, the, obviously the Thornburg situation is odd um, mm-hmm. and you know un- unfortunate, but you know, and, and I, this, you're not going to start the season. With Carson Smith, right? So they're definitely um, down in the bullpen, um, which is more of a concern for you right out of the gate. The you know David Price or the bullpen, and not just David Price. We'll throw Drew Pom- Pomerantz in there as well. I would sure. say the state of the you know the pitching rotation as a whole, starters or bullpen. Which one do you think ends up being uh, more harmful to this team's chances this season? 
Well, I think you have to say the the starters, right? It's they're the ones that are going out there and, and start you know starting the games. That's hence why they get the name starter. I didn't know that, Paul. <laughs> yeah, yep. And the relievers tend to relieve them. That is uh, it's wonderful. I, I'm yeah. glad that there's this synchronicity between role and name <laughs> <laughs> it makes it much easier for us. <laughs> no, you got a potential Cy Young Award winner, or was at one time a potential Cy Young Award winner. That is. Uh, you know, to me, it, it's anytime you're talking about the elbow, it, it it's it's frightening. You know, it's uh, it's Tommy John waiting to happen. It's it seems like this isn't it, but it seems like this could be it at any time. Yeah, I've, I'm not really sure I understand kind of where uh, what the long term vision or, or what's going to happen with David Price and, and like wh- what the decisions are and um, and Palmer where the injury the came thing, from, right? like all, like all this stuff. Did, do you think, I was thinking the other day, Paul, do you think the Red Sox had any inkling that David Price may be um, battling something or dealing with something when they made the sale acquisition? Did that make it more a priority for them? They they knew maybe there was something going on, and that 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 you know that made That's them more likely to I make that. I haven't really thought of that, but I mean, I guess they could have. But if they had an inkling, it seems to me like not that David Price wants to have Tommy John surgery. Um, I certainly don't think he wants to, but I think you know that's why he went. It seemed like the Red Sox checked him out, and they said, you know, you have an issue, but it's not that issue. Or, you know, you don't need Tommy John surgery. And he was like, oh, I'm going to go get a second opinion. I don't – which I don't blame him. Go get yeah. your second opinion. And, he, you know, Andrews was like, no, you don't need Tommy John surgery. I wonder how much John Henry paid him to say that. <laughs> um, so I guess if they did have an inkling that something – I think I would guess that they would – not push him towards Tommy John. Like so, in other words, they, I don't would think have this dealt is with like a, a, a Tanaka thing where Tanaka could have Tommy John surgery, or he can do these injections uh, and hope for the best. Like I don't think it's at that point. I think it's going towards that point. I just don't. So the short answer is yes. I think they they had an inkling that things were going to happen, but yeah. I think they think it's further down the line when it's if it were to happen, it's further away than now. So, so I don't think they so, made the move to be with this year in mind. Gotcha. So let, let's play this out for a second. Um, when do you think – well, do you think, A, do you think we'll see David Price pitch a game for the Boston Red Sox this season? Um, yes, I, I what do. What are the odds? Like, what, what Handicap it for me. I would say there's an 80% chance you see him pitch a game this year. Like, I'm pretty confident he will. Yeah. Now, what I'm not confident about is – uh, not necessarily the effectiveness or anything like that. I don't know if it will be like a Sandoval thing uh, where, you know, he gets back onto the field and then is immediately, I mean, that's it. Y- you saw him once and it's over. Yep. He's back to the DL. He's not right. And he's going to go get the surgery, which is why if he was going to need the surgery, uh, I wanted him to get it in February, you know, like, well, Let's I, get it over with. Was there any like, period that he would have been back? I mean, there's if he gets the surgery, he's out this whole season, right? No matter when right. when it happens. Yeah, but now let's say like he's out until June, right? And he comes back and he pitches and he blows his arm 
and he has a surgery in July. Well, now you didn't have him this season, and you don't have him next season. And you don't have him next season. If if you go to yeah, yep. Yeah. Does that? Do you look at David Price's opt out, that three year opt out, and the That's... timing of this, and and wonder who's if there's a game of chicken going on, and who's on what side? Like there, Price himself. I don't think he cares when the surgery happens, if it happens, because he's got the he doesn't he's not going to exercise that opt out if he's in the in the middle of a recovery, right? He's just going to collect his check and keep playing, right? Okay, the Red Sox might want him to be available to be on the market, right, around the time of that opt out, in case he's thinking that maybe Boston isn't the right place for him. Which I think is, I mean, isn't that a, a natural thought right now, given kind of the testiness he has had? It seems like. Oh yeah, I mean, then the this interview that, that interview, he gave to that yeah. to the photographer or whoever that uh, that guy was. I mean, that was. Bizarre. If he was healthy, and let's say he is healthy, do you think he opts out after the third year? Let's say oh, let's say he him. doesn't. He he's fine. He pitches like he did last year, but not great, not bad. You know, kind of in the middle. Maybe he has a couple postseason you know successes to you know stem that tide. Uh, he's marketable. He hits. He he opts out at that point, don't you think? Absolutely. There's no question that he opts out. And now there's no question that he doesn't opt out. I mean, well, as long as he's, as long as he, I mean, unless he shows that the injury is clearly not going to be a problem, right. which would be, which you know, he doesn't have a lot of time to do that. Like, no. so he has to have two. He has to whatever recovery time that he needs right now. He has to come back this year, pitch well, yeah. and pitch well for an entire next year without an injury. Otherwise, that lingers on any. Like, you're, right. you're not going to take that risk of four more years, or is it five more years? Four, at least four more years at thirty million dollars a year to go onto the market when there's questions about your elbow. Right. That's why if he had the surgery now, he recovers. Maybe he comes back in May um, next year, and he finishes out the season great. Now GMs are like, well, he's already had the surgery. I don't care. I mean, he's he's fixed. Like it's it's a new elbow. Right. Um, now it lingers. So I, there's a very strong possibility that this team is is handcuffed with a thirty million dollar pitcher uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, where you're gonna you're staring down the barrel of two seasons of that six remaining, uh, yeah. being goose egg zeros. See, I'll tell you, I, and you know the latter half of that deal, he's gonna drop off the right. production. It's it's certainly not what I expected because yeah, all you heard about Price was kind of he had this na- you know this easy delivery right like it was easy for him to throw the ball it didn't seem very taxing um, he seemed to me like the kind of guy that was not going to get hit with this type of injury based on you know everything yeah you know, that, that I read so I wonder I don't know I I wonder how this affects the Red Sox. Um, Philosophically, with pitchers, I mean, it was already. I don't think it affects them, Tim. They got the guy that looks like he's about to blow an elbow every pitch. Every pitch. <laughs> no, but I, I guess what I'm saying is they, they, they made the exception on the on the uh, the contract for Price because they missed on it with Lester, right? Correct. I mean, okay. So the the contract they gave to Price was clearly outside of what the organization likes to do with pitchers' contracts. 
yeah. they get bit by it, are they less likely? Are they more likely to pull back, right, um, and, and and reenact that philosophy even harder moving forward, or because Charrington, Epstein, that whole you know kind of genre of of people that I think kind of brought that philosophy into the organization are gone? Does Dombrowski just do whatever he does? <laughs> yeah, I think Dombrowski what does. does whatever whatever he does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's a little. I mean, it's a. I'm not going to fault it. Like, we give up prospects for Chris Sale. Chris Sale, wh- what you're getting with Chris Sale at the value that – I mean the amount of money that you're paying him, it's, it's off the charts. You have to give up great prospects, and, and we did it. Yep. Um, at the end of the day, Dave Dombrowski doesn't make a um, David Price deal. Without John Henry saying, you can make this deal. I don't care how good Dave Dombrowski is. And so where I think it lies is I think, you know, John Henry has said time and time again that he doesn't like paying pitchers in his in his 30s. He was burnt. So this all comes back to John Henry. He was burnt by the John Lester thing because Lester got his money elsewhere and they lowballed him and all that stuff. And they were like, well, we have to do this. Now we got sale. Now we got price. Now we like. I don't think John Henry's feeling like we have to do that. Even if price, if price does go through his contract, you're not getting a guy. Um, even if even if he does opt out next year, are, are fans going to care? It's not like it's not like John Lester, where you know that David Price is on the downward end of his career at that point. So if he leaves, he leaves. No, I think if he leaves, would be the applauding of, if he, right now. Yeah, I mean, if he leaves, I, I, Right? Yeah, but Don't people think... were begging for – like everyone wanted Lester signed. Yes. Right? Yes. So these – like even you're, you're going to re-sign Sale for some sort of extension. Like that's going to happen. But yes. when that extension's up, it's goodbye. Thank you for all your hard work. It's it's not it's not going to be uh, a John Lester situation. John Le- – it was just an unfortunate situation. They totally misread the market. Um, it was a – I still think that is a Larry Lucchino thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and and is it no surprise that shortly after that he was kind of ushered out? Yeah, no. I think a it was surprise. a direct result. Mm. Yeah, opinion. it was it was also 4 years too late, but Yeah. Um, <laughs> um all right. So prices you think there's a good chance he pitches this year. Do you think if he pitches this year, what are the chances that he makes it through the season i mean are we at oh, like 2080 yeah, 20, yeah you know what i mean I, like the flip like yeah. i i honestly think that he he's hurt like he is hurt but i mean i think it's a it's something that it's a hope that it doesn't break you know like yeah you know you got that tension wire and all that and hope it doesn't snap uh but it's it, it's pretty strained right now. That's that's kind of how I feel it. And um, I think, regardless, uh, if you're feeling that type of pain or that type of discomfort or it is what it is, I I don't think you're effective. I think. Listen, we watched how many years of John Lackey until he had the surgery, and then right. all of a sudden he was the John Lackey that we thought we were all signing. Uh, we you know you didn't like his personality or, but no one minded his personality when he was pitching well. Like it, it's all these different things like like have the surgery get it done like it even if you can pitch through it it's clear we've we watched the guy for three years pitch through it it's 
changes the effectiveness of you as a pitcher. And, and you know what? For the Red Sox and for Price, the window is just opening. This is not like the closing of a window and you're trying to squeeze one year out of it. And if you, you know, like you, you get what you can get. Type thing. And you have sale this year. Yeah, like that's it, so. So you have the same team as last year, essentially. And you'll have the same team next year, right? right? So, so, and and maybe these guys just even a little bit better as they as they mature and just get you know more experience and and all that stuff that goes with it. Um, so yeah, I I think it's pretty risky right now for the Red Sox and Price not to be going down the surgery route if they think it's something that is very likely or even somewhat likely to happen in the future. Right. So, um, that all said, Paul, can the Red Sox win the division if they only get a handful of starts from David Price this year? Yes, they can. They'll go out and make a move for a pitcher, like a a lower-tiered pitcher if they need to, but right now they don't even need that. Who's? I can't even think of the Kyle, guy that's Kyle carrying. Kendrick? Kyle Kendrick, like I mean, you can still hold your hopes on well, him, and he's not even in the yeah. in the rotate. You're down That's Price, what I'm and down yeah, Pomerantz, he's, your, he, and he's he's only in there if Pomerantz can't go, right? Right. So, um, look, you're going to start with Porcello on opening day. And then you've got Sale, you've got Eduardo Rodriguez, who once again we said last year coming into the season, wow, a lot really hinges on on Eduardo Rodriguez being. Uh, we called him the number two starter heading out of last spring, and right. that, that didn't work out so well. But now, I mean, if he's an effective number three starter without Price in the picture, that really changes the makeup of that rotation. If he's a question mark up and down all season and more like a fringe four or five guy, um, right. and we know Pomerantz, I, I, I don't have confidence in his ability to be like a top three pitcher right now. Um, and Stephen Wright, and I, we've seen him pitch well, but you can't pencil him in as a top three pitcher. You could have a, a strong one, two, and then a lot of four fives again. You could even have a strong one and Porcello, if he falls I'm, back, right? I'm or I, I, I am totally expecting a fall back for Porcello. Uh, I'm not expecting first year Porcello like that bad, but I mean, let, let, that was, and look, what's more apt to happen? Uh, Mookie Betts duplicates his season, or Porcello duplicates his season. Oh, M- Mookie duplicating his season is absolutely right. Absolutely, yeah. Yes. Like you watch Mookie Betts, you you know you you say like, no, this guy. And I'm not saying Porcello doesn't have talent, but it wasn't smoke and mirrors. What it was just a really good season, effective. Uh, but I mean, he's certainly not Greg Maddox. He's certainly not uh, Pedro Martinez. Like he can get hit. Yeah. <laughs> like. Uh, so hopefully, I mean, hopefully he can be around a a, a high three ERA, uh, like a three seven ERA, something like that, and you know, do two hundred plus innings, fifteen to twenty wins. Yep. And that's a great season for him, and it's certainly not a Cy Young award. It's it's going to drop off. I think it's natural. Well, and I'll tell you one thing and, that has, which also, if Price was in the rotation playing and healthy you could have expected that he would have done better this year than he did last year. I think everyone was banking on it, right? Like coming into the season that he would have that, you know, that second season boon that seems to happen with, with, uh, uh, you know, pitchers that come into Boston. Um, One thing that I think has uh, impressed me this spring uh, with this team is the, 
we were concerned about the offense without David Ortiz, what that might look like, right? Like, I'll tell you, it looks pretty deep. I don't. We all had expectations that this team would not be a 800, 850-run team, that this team might not be one of the top five offenses in baseball again, that it might look much different, be a very pitching-heavy team. I'm not so sure, Paul. I know spring training statistics are hard to you know, bank on, but if if you look at not only how San Pablo Sandoval has you know his numbers, but how he's looked at the plate, uh, I mean that's a that's a big addition to this team. If you have what they expected out of Pablo Sandoval when they signed him at third base versus what they had last year, absolutely. I mean it's. Uh... First of all, I don't like to lump myself into those like we were worried and all that stuff. Like David Ortiz, greatest designated hitter in the history of the game, best ambassador to the city of Boston, like taking nothing away from him. Uh, But I never felt like taking him out of the lineup because it's one spot out of nine where the person comes up. And granted, there are key spots and all that stuff. I get it in. But it's not like David Ortiz for years was the one out of the nine that could do it. they always had a lineup, and the lineup has just gotten deeper, um, and it's gotten younger, and it's gotten – I mean, you know, Bradley Jr. and Betts last year, Ben Attendee coming up. Like, it's just stretching. And don't, I mean, don't forget Bogarts. I mean, you, yeah. it's easy to – You just, do forget You Bogart. do. Yeah. You do. Yeah. And, and what's he – I mean, you look at the you look at the lineup they threw out today, which I think is going to be your opening day lineup, right? Mm-hmm. And, and let me call it up because we can talk about this. I – it started with Pedroia at the top, Benintendi batting second, Mookie batting third, Hanley fourth, right? Uh, yeah. Then I think who uh, was Bogarts in the fifth spot, or did they put the? Would you and then Sandoval six, Moreland or oh, whoever's you... playing first, seventh, Bradley eighth, and something like yeah, well the catcher. Oh, yeah, the catcher. Although, yeah. I'm a big fan, Paul, when they put Bradley in the ninth spot and move the catcher in the eighth spot. Yeah, that's I'm fine with that. I, I, that's that's one of my favorite ways to see this the, you know, that, that play out. But I don't know. I, it seems like they're maybe they're they're leaning towards catcher in the nine hole. Um, but when you look at that lineup and you throw, you know, Moreland or um, who, who's had a really good spring and looks like I know he's got the flu and we might not see him opening day. Um which creates some interesting, you know, this is, if, if Hanley can't play first base, which he hasn't yet, right, and Moreland can't play, you've, you're going to maybe have like a Steve Selsky as your starting first baseman on opening day, um, making the roster just because Mitch Moreland's got the flu. Um, I, That's a deep lineup. It, it certainly surprised me how, you know, if everyone plays, I guess here's the deal, if everyone plays up to, uh, their potential and has an average to above average year in the lineup. It's going to be deep. It's going to be like 2013 all all over again, um, where you yeah. have everybody everybody plays well. Yeah. yeah, 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 yep. Where it just kept turning over. I mean, it's a it's a good lineup, and David Ortiz uh, is going to be sorely missed uh, for multiple reasons. But this is not an anemic offense because David Ortiz is not part of it anymore, and that's. Well, and I think this. I think that that for anyone that did feel that way, this this spring should give you a lot of confidence that this team can go out there and and score a lot of runs. Um, 
who in the lineup concerns you? That, like, who who's the biggest uh, concern this year? Like, the person that you think you're most nervous about. That you, it, it's a combination of you have high expectations for you. They need to play well to for this team to succeed, but you're a little nervous. Oh well, then I think that's with those criteria. Yeah. I mean, I I I think it's um, Bradley Jr. Or Ben Attendee. See, I was gonna, I was going to throw Hanley in that bucket. Oh, I yeah, I'm pretty confident in Hanley. I think Han. This is the role for Hanley. See bat hit ball. Like that's 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 <laughs> yeah. it. Um, but but I think he put on more muscle. Yeah, oh, I think he did for the for the. I think last year he had less muscle because yeah. he was going to be playing the field and he knew he needed to be flexible. And he knew he now I think he's just he's like. He can play first base. He just doesn't want to play first base. <laughs> There's this shoulder. This I don't believe any of this. Uh, he is a hit the ball. I'm not worried about him. But I mean, l- listen, Bradley Jr. made such a leap last year, right? Yep. It, it almost uh, uh, so for the half the arc- season, right? Like for a good ch- yes. for for a good chunk of the season, and then he reverted again. But then he came back. But then he came, and back. then he, you know. <laughs> Uh, so six month season, let's, he had four very productive months and two really crappy months. I think if you look at it, everything over the course of the thing. So a little bit like Porcello, right? Um, you know, you're, what was, what we're seeing real? Is it sustainable? Is, is there, I, I don't, just don't want to revert back to, um, 2015, uh, 2014, Jackie Bradley. Uh, we need him to stabilize you know, 275, 20 home runs, uh, great defense. Like, there's so much that he can do if he just produces at that level. And, and sometimes I I get really worried that we're going to see, you know, the the 187 batting average. Well, and that's the thing. There's not a – there's no 240, 250 Jackie Bradley Jr. No. Right? No. That doesn't exist. And if even if that existed, that'd be fine. But it seems like you go from either good to anemic. Mm-hmm. Right there's there's no middle ground with him, and you know I think you're right. If he can avoid those just disastrous slumps, um, mm-hmm. that's that's a huge uh, positive for this team. And then um, with Ben Attendee, it's you know you got a rookie up there. Are they going to find a hole? Are they going to expose a hole? And is he going to go through? I think he can get himself out of anything. I think he is a true talent uh, beyond belief. Uh, he's put on some muscle. He, he's I'm very excited about him, but what I'm I'm afraid of it is all of a sudden, oh wow, he doesn't hit the slider down and in, and he chases it all the time, and you just see that nonstop over and over. Or, and over. Yeah. I, I have a question for you. Last year, I think it was when when Francisco Abad came over, right, and yeah. and uh, John Farrell put him in that first yeah. game in a high leverage situation. And totally and burnt him, him and yep. ruined him. Total Farrell okay. move. Good job, Johnny. What do you think about John Farrell putting Andrew Benintendi in the top, you know, three in the lineup to start the year um, this year? Is there any type of, of that feeling for you that if he struggles no. up at the top of the lineup that, you know, out of the gate, that that puts a pressure? And then if he gets demoted, it seems like, you know, a negative and you, and you, you start to see a spiral of confidence versus having him start in the seven hole and work his way up to the two hole. You could production. go about it both ways. Well, I, but, I think... but Farrell's not, right? He's he's putting him right up at the top of the lineup. 
I've right, heard no, even, I know he is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but I think you could. I think with this guy, you could do it either way. I think I don't think it's going to affect him pressure-wise, batting at the top of the lineup. It might. Um, here's the thing: if he does struggle, you have to take the approach like a good manager would do, like a Terry Francona with Dustin Pedroia, and just say, you, you know, you're my guy. You're, yeah. Like this is where you're going to bat. This is, you're my second baseman. No, we're not calling anyone up. Otherwise, you do run the risk of, of ruin. So I guess it's if he struggles, what's the Farrell's reaction, and that's the one that makes you more nervous. What's your right. confidence level that John Farrell will make the right decision there? Uh, not good. <laughs> <laughs> not good. How much pressure, uh, like coming out of the gate, first month and a half of the season, is on John Farrell with regards oh, to does he finish the season with his team? Tremendous. Like, is there is there a, is the is the league he is on a right month now? to month contract right now, like for the first half of the season. Despite all that you hear from John Henry and the organization and Dombrowski, it's all all positive, confident. We love John Farrell comments. Like there's never there's not really a uh, yeah you know, even a hint of uh you know of negative with respect yeah. to what John Farrell brings to this team. You still think he's on that short leash? Tim, I don't know how he's not. Like, I just, like, if he, well, how I he has a job is beyond me. Like, uh, it, but he does. It, but if he's not on a short, uh, like, on a short leash, uh, listen, I don't expect the owners and the Dabrowskis of the world to go, well, he's got to do pretty well. Otherwise, it's, <laughs> he's out of here. Like, you're never going to, you never hear that from anyone. I expect Over. those answers. I don't, it's, it's like when uh, Donald Trump tells me that, wires a tap like i it just it goes in the air it it, it doesn't resonate like <laughs> well you, you're just saying stuff like and they're just yep. saying they're just saying stuff uh and i would never expect them to say anything else and if he's not on a short lease it's malpractice on their end what does that like, leash look like to you i mean is it is it just below 500 is it yes, something? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. the first month of the season, it's a 500 record. Is is he, he probably keeps his job for the first month of the season no. if he's at a 500 record. If at the end of May they're sitting there or about 500, he's gone. That's my opinion. Of course, my opinion don't take because I thought he was gone five times last year. Right? Like I couldn't believe he was getting on planes. Like. <laughs> I remember there was that trip to Texas or Houston, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, Houston is in Texas, but I I met to the <laughs> Rangers Texas, versus Houston. the Astros. <laughs> um, yes, I remember there was the trip they to They landed Houston. in Boston, no, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's go back to the bullpen for a second. Seemed like it was going to be a tremendous strength when you looked at it on paper, and you knew Carson Smith was coming back, and yet then Thornburg was coming, and Kimbrel and Kelly, and you know Matt Barnes, and you know wh- whoever the token lefty was going to be. Um, now you've got someone that I've never heard of in the opening day roster. <laughs> I can't even remember his name, even though I just read it before the show. Um, is is this something that is going to cost this team games early in the season as Joe Kelly sure, finds well, his yeah, way through yeah. or, you know, they figure out what they're doing? Or is it one of those things where, look, a bullpen, by and large, they'll do the job well and there'll be some hiccups, but every bullpen has hiccups. 
Like that's just the co- the course of baseball. Even if you had all the other guys, they're still going to blow a game every now and then. That's just what happens with relievers these days. There is no yeah, shutdown bullpen. I, listen, like we, we we talk about the second year bounce and all that stuff. That could Kimbrell had a great year last year, a frustrating year at times. He had disastrous outings and fantastic outings, but he could be a complete bounce for him, like in in the positive. So, all right, so let's say that we have the ninth is completely locked down. We're not issuing those walks. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Then you had Thornburg that was going to solidify the eighth. Now, where are we going with that? Like, so now it's Joe figuring Kelly's out. got the eighth now, according to John Farrell, that's it. And, and he's pitched nine innings this spring and has eight walks and eight strikeouts to me. This- hits Joe Kelly, Joe Kelly, oh, Joe Kelly. Yeah. to me, ERA out of the pen. Like none of those things, even, even hits allowed. That doesn't that doesn't bot like you give give up hits because you're don't give up blocks. You're yeah, right. you're throwing to spots. You're trying to do certain things. I guarantee you, you're not trying to throw balls specifically four in an in an at bat. That's <laughs> that's not what you're trying to do in spring training. And when you have eight walks in in nine innings, and that's something that has bitten you in the past, um, that that makes me nervous. Yeah, that's that it's scary. Because if Ke- I'll tell you, if Kelly doesn't come around and fill that spot, I, I who who is it? Is it? Matt Barnes? Like assuming you don't have Thornburg or Carson Smith, like what what's the there's no uh Unichi Chizawa to just kind of fall back on and know that eighty percent of the time he's gonna get the eighth inning right, for example. Right. If Kelly has a problem and the other two don't come back, you know, on and, and, and perform that that eighth inning, there's no Koji, right? That's that some of the old reliables just aren't there to fill those spots. Is someone going to be able to step up and take that inning? Yeah, that's. A, I mean, it's it's an unanswered unanswerable question right now yeah. because you know what we're looking at is we're looking at a bunch of options, but no guarantees. Uh, which is why it's important that Carson Smith and Thornburg come back. It is because uh, that because now you're just worried about the sixth inning. If, if those guys are, are pitching to the level that they can. Um, or, and a lot of fun things you can do uh, when you have those those two. Uh, you know, a pressure situation in the in the sixth inning, you, you know, you, you can go to that guy that gets the lefty out all the time and get that lefty up and then a right-hander with second and third and two outs or whatever it may be, and you can bring in one of those fireball throwers right there in the sixth and let them pitch, you know, go into the seventh. This, it's important to get that talent healthy. Um, Cause if it's a crapshoot, I mean, even Barnes is a crapshoot, man. It's like, yeah. we don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't, you never know what you're going to get. Like he, he looks great at times and he looks like he could give up a 500 foot home run. Well, I'm going to give you here's here's the bullpen that'll come opening day. Now, remember, one of these guys is going to go there because they're only carrying four starters on opening okay. day. So, I'm going to give one more name that's actually going to be there for most of the year: Kimbrel Kelly, right? Heath yeah. Hembry, Robbie Ross, Matt Barnes, Fernando Abad, Robbie Scott, and Ben Taylor. Okay. So, Who are those guys on? So you're saying to, when I look at that, it, it screams to me that. Um, <laughs> It screams to me, help. 2016 bullpen. Yeah, but, but aside from Kimbrell and Kelly, like your next most reliable guy is Robbie Ross. Yeah. And then maybe you could throw Heath Hembry in that, as, but I don't know. Is, 
he's a guy that bounced up and down last year from the minors to the majors, right? Like there's no, there really is no sure depth there. Now I know once again, you're missing two out of what would be, you know, your top seven relievers, you know, so this could change dramatically, but um, it's from, from what had been deemed a strength now becomes a significant question mark. Mm-hmm. And we know how demoralizing a bullpen can be to a team, to a really good team, right? Like, I mean, it can, it, early in a season, it can really, it, it can take a team that's playing well and throw them into all fits of confidence, um, you know, and, and really make it difficult for that team um, to stay on the right side of the ledger most nights. No doubt. Um, not to mention, it puts more pressure on the starters. They feel like they got to go deeper. They start to change the way they – I mean, it's just everything steamrolls. I love – one thing I like about spring training baseball, I'm just looking at the TV, Bryce Harper, they're now just showing him driving a golf cart around the Navy, the Navy <laughs> campus. Nice. <laughs> spring training baseball. Um, you'd think he'd have a driver, but no, he's actually the driver of the golf cart. Oh, he's a, he's a, he's a working man. <laughs> um, let's see, Paul. How do, do you think, where do you think Mookie Betts ends up this season um, in the, the echelon of Major League Baseball players? Is he, is he in the MVP race again? Is he Absolutely. top? Yeah. Is he top five? Uh, have we penciled him in as, you know, a one of the stars of the game at this point? I certainly have. So that's the the, the bar is is extremely high for Mookie Betts this season. Yes. And, and do you have any concerns that that I mean, is there any worry in your mind with with respect to his ability to to meet that bar? Um. No, I think I think some people just have it. Like I think him and to meet the bar, I guess. They, I don't. I mean, I don't know if anyone's a MVP candidate year in year out, you know. But he's he he's someone that is I I believe can play at an All Star caliber level year in year out. Like he, he's even Pedroia doesn't make an All Star team. Everyone, like he's like that type of person. So we're we're not looking at a Jacoby Ellsbury here, right? Had that great year and then, you know, no, never able to do it again. No, um, yeah. It's weird. He had, he had a lot of years with like four home runs, three home <laughs> runs, thirty-one home runs, huh. and then back to four, three. Yeah, it was weird. But yeah, no, I don't. Body, then his body fell apart. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So, what was I going to say with respect to? Uh, well, I don't know. I lost my train of thought there. But um. Where else do you want to go with this, Paul? I had a train uh, of thought on Mookie, but I but but I clearly lost it. So let's transition into um, yeah. smooth transition. Do you, do you have you do you have any questions about players? Like who who do you have a question about? No, I mean I don't really have too many questions. I mean I think every, this is one of those years. Like we were talking about even the off season, you know, you added sale, but the team was pretty much set. You knew where they were going to go. I think the interesting thing is going to be catcher. Like how long are we going to stick? with the catching situation and when and if the opportunity for Swihart comes. Because at that point, you're only increasing your offense, but how much of a decrease are we going to have on defense should something like that happen? So, and does right Christian Vasquez take over for uh, Sandy Leon? It will be, it's going to be interesting. Is your expectation with catcher right now that, that 
Sandy Leon gets four games, Vasquez gets Steven, the Stephen Wright games, and and maybe one of the other pitchers they like they spot, you know, half and half type thing. Is that the kind of like the job share right now? Or are there two? Is it going to be a three? A three? Two? I think it's going to be a three two. I mean, yeah. I know I, that I I know uh, at least I've I've read that that uh, Vasquez will get the Stephen Wright games. Um, just oh, based on him. I know, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> but that 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 you know Wright's successes with Vasquez, um, and then he had some trouble. It was not as successful with Sandy Leon. No. Which calling the knuckleball every time, I can see how that would make a difference. It does. It makes a huge difference. <laughs> and uh, uh, it'll be interesting to, I mean, because it was Vasquez too that, you know, Farrell said, don't throw the anything but the knuckler yeah. here and called for the fastball. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> that actually sent him down to the minors. Um, interesting. Um, which team in the AL East is your biggest concern right now? I think you have to, right now, say Baltimore. I guess, like, even though it's not, they have the same type of. They, Baltimore's just been better. They just haven't gone over, over the top. They still haven't like gone out and like had the great pitchers. You know, the top of the rotation guys. They have a great bullpen. Uh, Buck knows how to handle a bullpen great. It really, that's why they scare me the most. Is they have the smartest manager in the division. Yeah. Uh, that can do a lot with with less, but I think this is their division to lose. Uh, I'd be surprised if they lost the division. Doesn't mean I think they're. Listen, some things the bullpen's got to get healthy. We have to find out more about Price uh, before I can even consider that this team's, you know, can beat Cleveland, and then even if they can beat Cleveland, if they could beat the Cubs, yeah. um, assuming that's how things line up. You know, in the National. I mean, the Dodgers. They have a deep rotation. You know, anything can happen. Uh, but this team, I believe, is the best in the AL East. What's your expectation for our, our good friends down in New York this year, Paul? I think it's – I kind of envy New York to a, de- to a degree. Like, it's a rebuilding year. They have a lot of young talent. It's uh, it's reminiscent of of us to, to a certain degree when we finally got that jolt of youth into the organization after yep. years of, of not having that. Uh, and I think they I think you'll see them make some sort of leaps, but they also, they have a lot of hanging on contracts like, you know, CC Sabathia, like, that's a tough contract to have on your roster right now that you have to throw out there. Yep. And, uh, I'm not expecting much from him. I mean, you still have Pineda. He's up in, I mean, he's a young guy, but you know, he's still, their pitching is, is, is worrisome. Oop. Yeah, I it, it, they you look at their trajectory though, right? And you think, geez, they 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 they're on a good path for them, right? Like they, they it makes me nervous to see a Yankee team building something the right way. Right? When's the for last like time they did that? Four or five happened? years from now, right? Because yeah, you know, once again, it once if they, if they can get another core group and then start to use their assets to surround that core group, yeah. you know, with a, with good decision making, that that you know. That becomes, you know, a, a franchise that is really hard to combat with every year. Now, right. I mean, there's talk of like you've mentioned Ellsbury. Like, there's talk of Ellsbury batting like sixth or seventh, like in that lineup. First of all, it's not a great lineup, and 
Like that's that's how far, like you talk about bad contracts. Like it's one of the worst. Yeah, it, in baseball right more, now. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. It's it's a uh, it's. I a mean, maybe run. only Rusny Castillo's is worse. Yeah, and he's just you can just hide him. So like. As not being part of the thing, which actually brings up a, a, a great question. Uh, now that you mentioned Ruzne, um you mentioned the first base problems. We run into a really bad predicament. Like, with what if Alan Craig starts playing well? <laughs> but, but, well, th- that's a big what if. But I, is he even on the forty-man roster right no, he's now? Not. Right, so and you then, have to put him on the forty-man roster. It, to get rid of a guy. You have to take someone then, off, right? Yeah, and <laughs> so you that, like. I, I just don't think that they'll do – and I think there's something with the way the accounting of his contract is changes with respect to the salary cap. Because he's not on the 40-man 40 40 roster. Yeah. And so so there's – I think there there are barriers – even if he's tearing the cover up the ball, there may be barriers um, to which he'll never see a major league field with the Red Sox just because of the accounting. But I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs of that. But I remember reading that somewhere that both he and Rusney, no matter what they do, they're not going to bring that money onto the, onto the 40 man. That is a, yeah. Interesting. Cause, um, boy, I've always rooted for Alan. Craig. Like I just, I, you are a big fan. I remember I yeah, said, I always thought Wade Miley was going to be better. And you thought Alan Craig was going to be better. And then we were both wrong. Well, you, <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were. <laughs> not not one of us wasn't more wrong or more right than the other. We were both just straight up wrong. <laughs> oh, um, all right, Paul. Well, opening day right around the corner. That are you a fan? I will close with this because that, that there'll be a lot of talk about that this this week. Are you a fan of the Red Sox every couple of years getting a home opener? Just because no. every team deserves a an opening day, their their fans to have an opening day on opening day, just for the you know the nostalgia of it, or is this just a stupid decision? And the weather a, is proving it. <laughs> it's a stupid decision. <laughs> it really is. Uh, teams like you could do it just until mid-April. Just start them out on the West Coast. Start them out in dome stadiums. You can set it up down south. Where it's not miserable baseball, uh, and and there's no guarantee in mid-April that it's going to be it's not going to be warm, and, but it's going to be more tolerable uh, than those I mean, early. You're, you're looking games. at you're looking at 40 degree weather this week, and you know the remnants of an ice and snowstorm. That's that's going to be miserable. At the like, I think if someone offered me a ticket Monday afternoon, I don't know that I'd go. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I wouldn't blame you. It's interesting. Like when or all this. I mean, I don't think Wrigley or Fenway will ever turn over. We'll never have it. But I mean, though, there's going to be a point where there's more that the majority of baseball is retractable roof stadiums, right? I mean that that's coming. I mean, I don't. Well, I'd hate to know what Northeast team right right now that was building a new new ballpark wouldn't put a retractable dome on it. Well, the Yankees just built one, and they didn't. Like it just—it doesn't make sense. Um, but what True. I don't know what one wouldn't. Uh, they all should. They every stadium should be. Re- if you if it's a new stadium, it should be in there that it's got to be retractable roof. Um, but there are enough. My point of making that whole entire thing is there's enough out there that the early parts of the season and even the later parts of the season, you can't really do the later parts, but the, at least the early parts of the season, you can. 
it can be comfortable. Be comfortable for the fans. It can be comfortable for the players. Well, there's something different about fall baseball when the yeah. weather's turning and the good teams have have put a whole season in, and it just has a different that that cold is a different cold than than early spring raw baseball. Like that, no one no one has a rhythm. There's no like you know people are working through kinks, and then you throw this on top of it. It's just it's. My guess is you're going to see some really ugly baseball to start this week. It's not going to look pretty. Yeah. Most likely. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right, Paul. So, last uh, last question here. You have the Red Sox. I think you've answered this, but I want to go on record here. You have the, Do you have the Red Sox in the playoffs at the end of this year? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Do you have them advancing to the league championship series? I think it really depends on matchups again. Like it's nope. uh, I, Cleveland worries me. They, like, Cleveland just got better. They didn't get worse, um, and they won the World Series twice last year and gave it away. Like I mean, like they, the Cubs were the best team in baseball, and they had that World Series won twice. Yeah, uh, and gave it away. So it's it's tough, and they have the best manager in baseball. And I will go to I will. Well, the best manager in the American League, at least. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough to beat them. But they, if, so if they, fi- if they get Cleveland in the first round, it's going to be tough to beat them in a five-game series. I'd like our chances better in a seven-game series against Cleveland than a five-game. Yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I think expectations for this team should absolutely be playoffs or bust. Um, yeah, I think it won't be a runaway with the division. Um, I think it'll be close with Baltimore all year round, and and you know I think Toronto will be, you know, troublesome and in the conversation at times, um, and you know we'll see where we go from there. But the, this, you know, my, I guess my biggest expectation for this team is offensively they're going to be one of the best in baseball, and you're going to have, uh, it's going to be on the health of the pitching staff to determine how far. You know, they go in the regular season, and then more importantly, how far they go in the playoffs. Right. So, all right, Paul. Well, get ready for opening day right around the corner, and uh, look forward to talking to you throughout the season. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, next show will be with uh, reactions to the real live baseball.